Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tiller, and i got to be candid with you guys. I am not in the studio today. I am currently talking to my microphone while it's in a sock, so if it means anything to you, it is going to be a little bit of a uh, of a thrown-together episode, but I tell you what, the topics are anything but that. We've got some great things to talk about. An unfortunate sports weekend in Manhattan. We'll talk about the ins and outs of what happened on the football field and on the basketball court, and I will recap my recent trip to Las Vegas, which is why I'm currently out of the office. But either way, we're still here to talk about the Cats. Once again, if you've watched the show, if you listened to the show a couple of times, go ahead and consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Send it over to Pete Mundo. That's Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. He'll send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie, and you can keep your beers cold all. Well, I'd usually say summer, that you will keep your beers cold, as cold as it is outside, if not colder. Maybe the coldest drink you've ever had, and it will come courtesy of Heartland College Sports. We aren't giving you the beer, but we're giving you something to keep it cold. So we appreciate you guys, and it helps us out immensely. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty details here. I don't want to talk about football yet. I will here in a minute. Let's talk about basketball. That feels slightly better than football does. Kansas State went on the road to Las Vegas, Sin City, to take on the USC Trojans. Minus one player, Bronny James. K-State on the other end missing Naquan Talman. Obviously, the suspension we've talked about a little bit. As well as Quez Glover, who's going to be out the first six to eight weeks of the season. Dealing with some knee injuries. He hurt his knee against Emporia State in that exhibition match, unfortunately. Because the Cats could have used him. I mean, they could have. K-State looked not necessarily outmatched, but your three big scores that are your big three for the season in Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter, and Tyler Perry, they weren't very good from the floor. I mean, they, they finished with okay stat lines, but... Arthur Kaluma starts out 1-for-9 from the floor. Cam Carter struggles. Tyler Perry goes 4-of-17 in the whole game from 3. Not, excuse me, not from 3, just from the floor in general. But they did end up pulling some things late there. And even though it wasn't a game that was, you know, down to the wire, close, back and forth, Kansas State still put some good things on film to talk about. And you had some good performances that are something to tie into the future. Jerome Tang talking in postgame saying, okay, you know what? We did lose. It stinks. But we at least know exactly what to work on now. Final score, 82 USC, 69 K-State. I'll take you through the box score because there are some things to look at and see. But the main thing, the main thing that screams to me, there's one thing that's painfully clear about this Kansas State team, and I'm not going to, I don't want to hammer it too hard, but they missed Naquan Tomlin. They missed another playmaker. They missed a guy down low that could really take over the game. And it wasn't because of Jarrell Colbert not providing or anything, or Will McNair not providing anything, or even David Gasson not providing anything. They had good days. I mean, Jarrell Colbert has quietly become one of the better shot blockers in the Big 12, and you will see that this season. I mean, that kid continues to elevate, and let's not forget, he is a former top 50 recruit coming out of high school, so don't just turn the corner on Jarrell Colbert yet. Will McNair had some big moments down low. You had some good moments out of David Gasson in this game, but the big thing, like, you missed a guy that could really take over the game and make some big plays. You did. And Naquan Tomlin, like, there's not really a situation as to, we don't know how we're getting him back on the court. There isn't a quick, short, like, okay, next week, legal hands, legal process is done, and then we're back to the court. There's no guarantee this kid comes back. And I'm not saying it because he's not welcome to, or whatever the case is. It's just the fact that we don't see a correct path right this second to get him back on the court. Because the legal process, it's out of his, it's out of Kansas State's hands. That's the unfortunate process here. It is out of his hands, and we're trying to figure it out, but either way, we'll look at the box score, and I'll take you through that. K-State 69 points, 0-1 on the season, but credit to both teams for taking on, like, Serious programs in week one, not just kind of the thrown together game. Let's take you through K-State. Actually, I'll start with USC. There's a couple guys. Shout out DJ Rodman, son of Dennis Rodman. Didn't play a ton in this. Two points, a couple of rebounds, but it was kind of cool to see Rodman announced. 
The two guys to talk about, Isaiah Collier. Collier is a stud. I mean, 18 points. He did have six turnovers, so there's something to take away from that. Six assists in this game, three rebounds. The guy was a playmaker, man. He was the guy court to court making plays, and he was the one that we couldn't stop. Boogie Ellis jumps jumps into there as well. 24 points on the day, five assists, eight rebounds. Damn near a triple-double in your first, not your first game, but first game of the season. That's big. Kobe Johnson had 16 as well. So K-State really gets beat by three players there. Of the 82 points, you had 24 from Boogie Ellis. So let's do some math here together. 24 plus 18 from Isaiah Collier, and then you get 16 from Kobe Johnson. Of the 82 points that they scored, Kansas State gave up 53, excuse me, 52 to three different players. Not ideal. The rest of the team scored 14, but it is what it is. K-State, on the other hand, let's talk about the Cats. Now, I know that the reception wasn't immediately what fans wanted from Tyler Perry. Perry was still solid. I mean, he made some plays in this game. K-State puts up 69 points. He had 22 from Tyler Perry along with six assists and six rebounds. Cam Carter has 15, 5, and 3. Or excuse me, 15, 5, and 2. Then you get 10 and 10 from David Gasson. Six points from Arthur Kaluma. Yes, you expect to get more out of that there, but that's going to change with time. They'll start to figure this out a little bit more. Coming off the bench, you had Will McNair with eight points, who had really some good moments of basketball. I mean, he went in there, had some good plays in the low post to focus on, so don't let that out of sight. Jarrell Colbert, two blocks, and both were thunderous blocks into the third row. And if you can't hear me in the clips, I don't know who you're hearing, because I was not a quiet man in the outing, to say the least. Jarrell Colbert absolutely had the highlight plays in this game, and a couple other people scored off the bench, but... Wasn't anything immediate to talk about outside of those players. So the main thing you look at, I mean, Taj started this game, wasn't sure that'd work out. Your five guys that had the most minutes. It was semi-even, but you had 36 minutes from Arthur Kaluma. He struggled. No way around it. He struggled. 35 minutes from Tyler Perry. Then you get 28 from Cam Carter. He was kind of in foul trouble in this game, so you think about that. David Gasson, 27 minutes. And the next guy with minutes would be 15 from Day Day Ames. And then you kind of break it down. 13 from Colbert, 12 from Finister, 11 from R.J. Jones so on and so forth. But how about Will McNair with nine minutes, eight points in nine minutes? So there's plays to be made, but you did miss Naquan Tomlin. You missed his defensive presence. You missed the offensive explosion. And hopefully there's a way to get him back, but there's still things to figure out for this team that haven't quite been figured out yet. So there is that caveat to it. I wouldn't say this, guys. Let's not overreact to this. This is still the 21st ranked team in the country with USC. It will probably be ranked a lot higher than that, especially once they get Bronny James back. So this team is good. I mean, both teams here are good. K-State isn't, you know, the season isn't over after one game, so I wouldn't worry about that. But I do want to give a shout-out to Tim Fitzgerald, who talked about this morning in his daily delivery, talking about the basketball game and said, I don't think you will ever see a performance like this from your three, from your big three the rest of the season. Cam Carter, Arthur Kaluma, Tyler Perry. These guys are too good to miss and start as cold as they did. I'll say this. Arthur Kaluma's got to be better. I mean, he's the one you look at immediately and say, that's got to improve, but... It is his first game in a new system. Tyler Perry scored a lot, but it was kind of, you know, it was down the stretch. It's that fourth quarter, not fourth quarter, obviously second half, but garbage time. Hey, we got to get this back in. You know, we're shooting up threes. Tyler Perry's the guy you want shooting threes. Cam Carter looked good from three, had some minutes there, got to the free throw line a couple of times, but his job is going to be to score the basketball. And I love that, and we will continue to see that going forward. But I think you missed that a little bit, so I don't know. I would say my immediate question would be looking at the starting lineup. And I don't know that, I mean, Taj Manning is not a problem. I don't want to make it sound like this. But from what I saw there, like, Taj isn't able to do a ton on the offensive side, at least yet in the system, or just hasn't yet to this point. It's only the first game, so don't, you know, don't overreact. But I think if you add another big body like a Will McNair, obviously I don't know if stamina is the only issue. 
Um, or even slide Jarrell Colbert out there. I think you could slide Colbert out there, and then you have two solid guards. You have Cam Carter. You've got um, you've got Cam Carter, Tyler Perry at the guards. Arthur Kaluma at your forward, and then you slide in David Gasson, kind of in your center role. Obviously not a center in this offense. And then you could either go Will McNair, you could go Jarrell Colbert, you could leave Taj out there, you could go Dorian Finister. There's going to be a lot of parity in the starting lineup, and I think that's the important thing to keep in mind for this team. But guys, I'll talk about this. And if I talk to you in Vegas, shout out, man. We met some cool people in Vegas that were supporting K-State. Before the game, you would have bet that this was like a home game for K-State. You know, 15 minutes from the stadium. Like, it was really packed with purple. And I know USC fans kind of get the narrative of being wine and cheese fans, where it's the, well, we don't really travel that much. It's kind of just a convenience thing. K-State traveled, Ben. They were out there in full force. I mean, these are the best fans in America. I had the pleasure of talking to a couple of different K-State fans beforehand and just talked about sports and life and wearing purple and everything good happening in Manhattan. And it was it was a really cool experience. So whether that be a, okay, the Jerome Tang era, this is how it's going to be, or just a kind of like, oh, let's go to Vegas. There was so many K-State fans there. The purple was loud and proud. And I know that there's the argument to say, well, LSU played beforehand. It's a different color of purple. It's a different shade of purple. I can tell them a lot, especially with the lavender, man. The lavender is out there swinging. So we went to a restaurant beforehand called Tom's Watch Party, Tom's Watch Bar, or something along those lines, and it was slammed. It was a it was rented out by the K-State Alumni Association, which I had no idea about until a buddy had texted me and told me, and there was probably two or 300 K-State fans in this bar. So they're playing Mr. Brightside, and they're playing Sandstorm, and they're playing... You know, the Wabash, they're playing the fight song. And all I can think between the multiple drinks is just a classic, hey, 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 let's go state. So that's a good thing to take away from this. Don't let that be, you know, misconstrued. There was a heck of a lot of K-State fans. There's so much more than USC, and you heard that. You heard the boos and the BS chants, and you heard the taunts yelling at fans of the other team or taunts yelling at the players. You heard that. You know, Boogie Ellis, or not Boogie, excuse me, Isaiah Collier fouls out in this game. And you hear the right, left, right, left, right, left as he's walking to the bench. There was an energy there. Kansas State is becoming a more and more notable fan base. And that was incredible. So everyone I interacted with over there, if you if you saw me, I talked to a couple of K-State fans. Shout out to you guys. You were cool as hell, man. Hands down, super cool. One of the best experiences I've had uh, in my life. I was so grateful to see that, and the venue was incredible. Shaq Diesel in attendance. You got a couple of big names there. Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Um and a couple others that were going into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Um, so there's a couple of people being honored that weekend. Lon Kruger was there. But it was just a good event in general. Obviously, you want to come out with a win, but it is what it is. It's a good learning learning lesson for the team. And I think, you know, I had this conversation with my sister a little bit. She was there. My family all traveled to it. And I was like, what K-State needs to figure out is how to have cheap, inexpensive learning experiences. You know, something where you don't have to lose a big game to learn a big lesson. We had that. We had that in a couple of different sports this weekend. You know, it's kind of what Avery Johnson has been has had the pleasure of doing the last couple of weeks. He's gotten some really valuable experience that hasn't costed the team. And that's what I want K-State all around to do. I mean, you want to win games by tons of points in every case, but you want your young guys to learn and step up and move forward. That's what's going to change this season. You saw all three young guys for the basketball squad in Day-Day Ames, R.J. Jones, and Michaela Rich. All three had minutes, so there's no red shirts this season. Unless for some reason they can figure out a way that the NCAA allows it. Dorian Finister, redshirt freshman, he did get his redshirt approved, so that was cool to see. But I'm excited to see it going forward. The team takes the court again on Friday night against Bellarmine. And obviously it's going to be a different level. You know, It's not going to be a top 20 team in the country. So it'll be good to see what happens. What I'm looking for is a better performance from Arthur Kaluma, just consistency. Doesn't have to force it. Don't want him to have to force it from three. You know, Do whatever. 
I'd love to see Cam Carter get in his bag a little bit more because I think Cam has a chance to be, you know, a 20-point, maybe not 20-point, but, shoot, you can average 15, 16 points a game. That's what Cam Carter realistically can do for this team. He went from a role player last year to a stud. He needs to be a stud this year. Tyler Perry, obviously it's one game, but you're averaging 22 a game. Got to see that continue. The three-point shooting's got to get better early. And I think you'll see this narrative of Tyler Perry. Once he sees the ball go in the net once, the net becomes a hula hoop size. That's kind of how Tyler Perry operates, I feel like. That dude can score, so don't worry about any of the inefficiency issues in the first half there against USC. That's a good defense, and they deserve credit for that. Football. Football, friends. Let's talk some football. Maybe not football for soccer fans, but football. Let's talk some Kansas State football. Kansas State, unfortunately, losing an absolute heartbreaker. 33-30 to against Texas. Don't check out, because I know that when you start talking about a loss, people start hurting, or people start feeling bad. Does the path to Arlington make sense? No, it does not make sense now. You needed to win that game. It's not a, yes, you lose this game, you're done, but is Texas going to win two more games? More, or excuse me, lose two more games? Obviously not, or more than likely not. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, is it possible? Yes, it is possible, but you're going to need some help. You're going to need some specific help from multiple teams. I mean, shoot, I saw on Twitter today, there's still a way that Texas Tech makes it to Arlington. If 17 different things happen exactly that way, there's a way Texas Tech goes to Arlington. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it sucks. And I know that there's going to be people that want me to criticize the decision to kick a field goal. I'm going to talk about that here in a sec. I think what loses you this game, it's it, it's the lack of, you know, hey, let's take a chance down the field here for once. Will Howard, forcing the ball down the field, got so much crap from fans this season for turning the ball over. He absolutely needed to force the ball down the field, and he did. uncorked it 330 yards passing four touchdowns he's two passing touchdowns away from tying the Kansas State passing touchdown record in one season Will Howard's getting to that spot he's close you know I think he's two off now at 42 in his career 44 is the record Will is elite company and he should do it this season I fully expect to see it so if nothing else K-State fans even if you're upset even if you're disappointed go support the dogs man go trust the guys go watch Will Howard break a record man that's what we want to see because he has been Quietly one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 Conference, and he deserves love, especially now. The apology should be as loud as the disrespect was. That's what Will deserves this season. Do I hate the call to kick a field goal? I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot, and I would agree that maybe 85, 83% of K-State fans would say, you kicked that field goal. Why would you not kick the field goal? I'll tell you this. This isn't the first time this has happened with Chris Kleiman. That decision to go for it on fourth and one against Alabama, incomplete pass, Alabama goes the other way, scores, you know, a 99-yard touchdown drive in less than 50 seconds, and that was the that's what did it. That's what swung your momentum and you lost. I really cannot blame Kleiman for his decision because there's one thing here. If you've seen Kansas State football, you know that Chris Tennant has been very, very, very inconsistent inside of the 10-yard line. Inside the 10-yard line when he lines up, it's about as good as 50%. Is 50% enough for me to take the gamble of kicking the field goal and hoping that Tennant doesn't get missed and then thrown into the fire by fans versus going for a win, first and goal from the, or excuse me, fourth and goal from the four? You need one completion of four yards. You need to run it in. You need to figure it out. I don't like the decision to say, like, well, they should have kicked a field goal because that goes in and you extend, live another day. Buddy, if they miss the kick, it doesn't live another day. This isn't an NFL kicker. This isn't Bert, you know, Bert Auburn. This isn't. Colton Boomer, this isn't uh, Chase Contreras. This isn't one of the best kickers in the league, and I apologize if I'm dunking on um, 
uh, Chris Tennant for this because he did bomb a 50-something yard or a 40-something yard and send it in over, overtime. Came back from his original miss, but I just think that it's important to keep in mind what happens if they get in the end zone. Because fans want to do this whole thing of like, wow, that's a gutsy call. And then if you get in the end zone, everybody's praising Chris Kleiman. We're on the way to Arlington again to play a team like Oklahoma State again. That's crazy. You're one four-yard play away from doing it. I know that the option is, well, well, Texas isn't moving the football. They're not doing anything on the other side of the ball. I won't dispute that. Texas was the worst team possible. The worst version of Texas with Malik Murphy on the field in that second half. They looked awful. Don't get me wrong. Offensively. Defensively, they're studs. They're units. They're good players. The only reason I like the decision to go for it is because you're putting it out that you are here to win football games. You're not playing for ties. You're not playing for this. And I know the argument is that, well, you could still win this game. Who do you trust in this case? Do you trust Chris Tennant? That's what this says. I trust Chris Tennant at times, but I trust my guys to go out there and convert a four-yard play. Where I will stake my claim, one of those four players should have been a handoff to DJ Giddens. I know that it's kind of the pot calling the kettle black because we all crucified Colin Klein for not establishing the run, trying way too hard to establish the run to get 1.3 yards per carry in the first half. I know that that is the quick thing that everybody looks at and says, well, that's got to change. I agree with that. I kind of don't like the gimmicky idea, the quarterback run with Will. Just because our offensive line isn't moving people up front, they're not moving bodies up front, doesn't really make sense in my mind. I I appreciate the idea of the jump pass, um, but I know that that's going to be crucified as well. I don't know, man. This is what I'd say about this. Football sometimes sucks. Sometimes you lose football games. Buck up, kid. That's what it is. Don't call for the coaching staff and say, we need to fire Chris Kleiman. We're going to... Shut up, dude. That's a dumb idea. You're stupid if you think that. And I know that I I want all K-State fans to feel happy and enjoy their team. If you think Chris Kleiman deserves to be fired, you should not be a K-State fan. I'll tell you that now. If you get off the team's bandwagon that quick after one bad decision or whatever the case is, don't. Come on, man. Well, Colin Klein needs to... I mean, he's done this before. He's, He's a young play caller. He's only 33... He is the next head coach at Kansas State when that time comes. He is a great play caller. You've seen him beat big teams. You've seen him win big games. You shut out a top five team in the country. Not shut out, excuse me. You beat a top five team in the country against TCU. And people will say, well, the players just, you know, the players executed. That's what, dude, if you trust your players to execute, go for the win. You did the right thing there. The boneheads of the sports world will say kick the field goal, not because they don't know football or not because of this. It's because they guarantee that's a 90% kick. That's not a 90% kick with Chris Tennant on the field. Right there. The confidence isn't there. That's a tough kick when you're that shaky, man. When you're that nervous. Like, yeah, it gives you a chance. But this has just as good of a chance, man. Go ahead. Toss it in the end zone. 50-50 shot. Give it a try, man. I didn't like the play call. Obviously, the offensive line couldn't move anybody. But I don't know, man. I think that I trust the decision. And I trust the guys in charge. And maybe that's a little too optimistic, or maybe it's just like, well, you need to be more mad. If you're not mad about this, why are you? Buddy, because that's football. Football is not easy. It is not easy to be a football fan. It's not easy to be a K-State fan. If we won national championships every year, that wouldn't be very fun. I mean, it would be fun. It'd be great to have that. But you don't just enjoy a team's highs and then dip out for the lows. I wore my Purple Proud this weekend. Sunday before the game. Monday, Monday night was the game. Walking around the strip and you see all the K-State fans and they'd say, well, tough game on Saturday. And I'd say, well, you know what? If I don't deserve to wear the purple after a tough loss, I don't deserve it to wear it. I don't deserve to wear it after a good win. That's the mentality. This team is still a great football team. They're going to need some help. And we'll talk about that if it comes true. If not, 
this is still a solid season. They're going to build on this for next year, keep the young guys developing, and move from here. We're going to be okay in our own way. I promise you that. We got basketball to talk about, football to talk about against Baylor. Prediction is going to be 803-4, to K-State wins. Um, I don't know how they get it. Maybe two safeties for Baylor, I guess. That's my final prediction. Bookmark it. Put money on it, actually. That's financial advice, and I appreciate that. Guys, I appreciate you listening to the Everything Ema podcast. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will talk about some good things in next week's episode after some wins in the bas- on the basketball court and on the football field. We'll have some good stuff to talk about. I appreciate you listening, as always. Have a great day, and go Cats!